Amen. Thank you, Pastor Joe. Thank you, choir and instrumentalists and our singers also leading us. And, uh, you know, we don't say a whole lot about our tech crew up there. Those guys, we don't, they don't see you. and Y'all don't see them. They're stuck up there in the crow's nest. Would y'all give them a hand? I mean, goodness gracious. They, they do such a marvelous work up there. Uh, and they just countless hours upon hours they spend uh, making our worship environment uh, so spectacular. We thank these guys. Uh, they just they move so quickly make things happen so quickly continue to pray for Stephanie as she continues to uh, recuperate uh, from her auto accident and good things are happening what, what I think was so wonderful not so much just Stephanie and what she's done is the team that she's built around her and I want to thank all your volunteers that are just countless hours uh, Phil Dockery and his whole crew of people that are working and uh, give those guys a hand as well uh, our sports ministry is off and running and doing wonderful and wonderful things. If you brought your Bible, I hope you did. Turn with me to uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. We are in the same uh, installment through working through the Beatitudes. And this week we're looking at one verse, but I think we ought to continue to read the entire Beatitudes because I think it sets up uh, each verse as we uh, discuss those verses together. And today I want to talk to you about hunger and thirst. Matthew Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, beginning with the first verse, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and began teaching them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice, he says. And be glad, for there, your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. Father, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Father, as we unpack your word today, as we study your scripture today, Father, I pray that you rivet into our souls the need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be here at Roswell Street and unpack your word and sing your praises unto your name today, Father. And we thank you that we can come alongside our kids' ministry and next-gen opportunities to dedicate this wonderful young man today. Father, I pray you bless that family. Thank you for the privilege of that today. Father, I pray that we walk away from this place completely different than when we came. It would be such a tragic that we come one way and just leave the same. But Father, let us come into this place expecting you to change our lives. Even, even for the better, Father, to remind us of who you are. And Father, I pray you rip down any barrier from us hearing from you today. We love you. We praise you and we thank you for what you're about to do in, this mit, in our midst today. And we give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said, amen. This text today describes the character of the kingdom's subject and their reward in the kingdom. 
In fact, one writer in the 20th century called this particular section of Scripture the relationship of the subjects of the kingdom to self. Uh, Kingsbury, Dr. Kingsbury said these words, look at uh, as a whole, the Beatitudes become a moral sketch of the type of person who is already possesses or rule God's kingdom in company with the Lord Jesus Christ. My favorite of the theologians, one of them, is Dr. Warren Wiersbe. He said these words about the text. It has been a well said. The Beatitudes describe the attitudes that ought to be in the believer's life. The attitude should be the believer's life. Jesus describes the characteristics or the character of those who receive, receive blessings in the kingdom as rewards from eight perspectives. This eight verses that we're unpacking of the Beatitudes, he introduced each one of them in the pronouncement of the blessedness that we receive. The form of expression goes way back to the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, particularly in the Psalms. Psalms 1, verse 1. Psalms 32, verse 1 and 2. You can go on and on and on. As mentioned previously, Matthew always used the term righteousness in a sense of personal fidelity to God and his will. He never used to impute righteousness for justification. Therefore, righteousness that the blessed and hunger for, hunger and thirst for, is not for salvation. It is for righteousness. It is a personal, holy, and extended desire. The desire more broadly than the desire of holiness may prevail along any of the people. One writer said these words, when believers regret their own and society's sinfulness and pray that God will send a revival to clean things up, they demonstrate a hunger and thirst for righteousness. The encouraging promise that Jesus is using here today is saying to people, evidently will receive an answer to their prayers. You see, God always answers prayers. He answers prayer how many ways? Usually three ways. Yes, no, and wait. Guess which one drives me the craziest? If you've been around me at any length of time, waiting is not my virtue. I want to move. I want to shake. Let's get it done, right? The Messiah will establish righteousness in the world when he sets up his kingdom. We know that, what scripture tells us. Unsaved people look for satisfaction in all the wrong places. Real satisfaction comes by pursuing righteousness. There are two kind of hungers, right, that people have. There's spiritual hunger and then there's physical hunger. We can fix or repair the physical hunger in our lives. We can solve the physical hunger in the world today. We can do that fairly quickly. We can find a local barbecue place somewhere along the way that will feed us, that will resolve that physical hunger that we have. However, when we look deeply in the truth of the Beatitudes, we will find the road to healing, the road to growth, the road to fullness, the road to recovery, and find ourselves in the path to becoming all that God wants us to be is that we must hunger and thirst for righteousness. So if I had a message truth, here it is. 
if I surrender to the Lordship of Christ and let him have complete and total control of my wants, my needs, and my cares, I will experience his righteousness in my life. So the text today that we're discussing is verse, in this, in this wonderful verse, is verse number six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. They, they hope, no, they don't hope to be satisfied. They don't desire, they don't just want, but they shall be satisfied. So when you look at this one verse, it's broken down in two sections today. First of all, it's hunger and thirst, and secondly, they shall be satisfied. You see, when we look, when we look at the righteousness of, that will meet our spiritual poverty, so to speak, to hunger and thirst suggests not a half-hearted search, but one that exemplifies King David. Psalms 42, verse 1 and 2 says, As the deer pants for the water's brook, my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and prepare before God? He is saying, as a deer pants by the water's brook, my soul thirsts for you. He goes on to say in Psalms 19 verse 14, he says, let the words, and I just prayed this, and I say this often, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You see, hunger and thirst for righteousness. I love what the Apostle Paul says. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3 verse 7. Listen to what Paul said. But whatever things are gained to me, were gained to me those things I have counted a loss for the sake of Christ verse 8 more than that more than that I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ verse 9 and may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which which comes from God at the basis of faith that I may know and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed conformed to his death in order that I may obtain the resurrection from dead not that I have already obtained it Paul said I haven't received this I've not obtained this it is a ongoing feeding an ongoing process I've not already attained it or I've already become perfect but I press on that I may lay hold of or which I have also laid hold of in Christ Jesus brethren he goes on to say I do not regard myself of having laid hold of it yet but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus let us, therefore, as many are perfect, have the same attitude. Have the attitude that if any of uh, you different attitude, God will reveal. What he's actually saying is, I am forgetting those things behind. And I am pressing forward. Pressing forward to what? He's pressing forward to righteousness. Righteousness is not automatic. Now, we receive the gift of righteousness when we receive the Lord Jesus as our personal Savior and Lord. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst 
for righteousness. So what is righteousness? Righteousness means to be completely right and just. Always doing what is right and honorable. Noah was a great example of a righteous man. Genesis chapter, uh, chapter one, uh, 6, verse 9. Notice what it says. In the corruption of that day, verse 9 says, These are the records of the generation of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. You see, all the way back in the Old Testament, he's saying Noah was a righteous guy. John the Baptist was known as a righteous man. In the Proverbs, we read the characteristics of a righteous, godly person. A godly person doesn't fall into sin knowingly. A godly person is not going out there looking for sinfulness in his own personal life. Now, I'm not saying that you're not going to sin. Don't get that from me today. Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. There's not one of us that are righteous. Not even one. But we can strive for righteousness in each and every day. I, I think there are three thoughts in this text today. For those of you who've got to fill in some blanks, here we go. There are three thoughts for us to consider today. First of all is this. When we believe in him at salvation, he transfers his righteousness into our lives. When we believe Jesus Christ is our Savior and Lord, he says, I'm going to infuse salvation into your life. I'm going to give you the gift of eternal life. But I'm also going to infuse something that maybe we don't even think about. I'm giving you my righteousness into your life. When, we say, when we're saved by God's grace, he infuses or transfers his righteousness into our life. Can we be righteous all the time? David says that, that in Psalms 4 and 43, God's eyes in no person does what's right. Both in Ecclesiastes and in Romans, Paul writes, tells us that no one on earth does what is right or never sins. We all make mistakes. And I'm going to tell you right now, even my sweet bride makes mistakes. Very few. And y'all can tell her I said that. Very few mistakes, right? We all make mistakes, right? Every time, we are not without sin. So the Bible, in the Bible tells us that we cannot be righteous on our own. But the good news is that Jesus is righteous. Jesus is exact likeness of God because he is God. He provided a way for people to be righteous. Jesus' death satisfied God's requirement for righteousness. Psalms 143 verse 2. And do not enter into judgment of your servant. For your sight no man living is righteous. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 20. And indeed, there, are, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and never sins. Paul, writing to the church at Rome, he says these words in chapter 3. Verse 10. As it's written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for, seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Did that make you feel good? Didn't make me feel good when I read it. Not even one of us. Every one of us are unrighteous. But the righteousness of God is in us. And as we grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, our righteousness becomes more prevalent. The writer in Hebrews says so beautifully, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, and he is the radiance. 
Ooh, that sounds good, doesn't it? He is the radiance of his glory and accept representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. He has made purification of sin. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He goes on to say in verse 8 and 9, but of God, of the son of, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever and righteous scepter and the scepter of his kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you you, with the oil of his gladness above your companions. Oh, my dear friends, when we believe in him at salvation, he transfers his righteousness into our lives. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 17 and following. For if by transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who received the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. And so then as though one transgression there result in condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness, there results justification of life to all men. Did you get that? One act for justification. For as though, as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, even so through the obedience of one, of the one, the many will be made Righteous. So he's saying is, it's because we are sinful people. We were born in sin, we're sinful people. Even that sweet little Bryson. He is such a cute kid, man. I mean, he is thick as a brick, man. But he is a cutie. But he's got sin in his life. Just hang around him long enough. You'll figure that out. I, I got, did I tell you I had two granddaughters? And they have sin in their lives. It's hard for me to say that. Because they're so precious. But they're little hellions a lot of the times. They really are. But I love them dearly. I love them deeply and dearly and give just about anything I have, anything I have for them. I really would. But I can't give them salvation. And I can't give them righteousness. But Jesus can. And at the earliest possible moment, we're praying for that to happen in their lives. Many sinners are made sinners. And so even the obedience of the one, Jesus, dying on the cross for our sins, the many will be made righteous. So when we believe him at salvation, he transfers his righteousness into our lives. Secondly, we should pursue his righteousness through the daily studying of God's word and living out our faith. So it's... It, Salvation is instantaneously. When you invited Christ into your life, you confessed your sin, you received him as your personal Savior and Lord, you received the gift of eternal life for all of eternity, never to be erased, never to be taken away from you. But the growing in the grace of knowledge of Jesus Christ is a pursuit in his righteousness. It's something that we should strive for. We should long for righteousness. The proverb writer says it so beautifully, Proverbs 21, 21. He who pursues righteousness and loyalty finds life. 
righteousness, and honor. The apostle Paul wrote to his young friend Timothy, who was in charge of the church at Ephesus. He said, aim for righteousness. We should pursue righteousness. But even more, we should, we should pursue hunger and thirst for righteousness. The Greek word for hunger simply means famished. Famished. This means that to be very hungry. This means to be so hungry that you can't wait to stop and get food into your life. That should be the desire for the Christ follower. We should be so hungry for the Word of God. I find it interesting that a lot of people come to faith in Christ and they get saved and they get over it. They get saved and they just walk away. They don't, they don't walk away from their salvation. They just walk away from the growth process of righteousness. That's why it's so important if you can only do one hour a week collectively with a group of believers, do it in life group. Not in this worship gathering. We'd love to have you in here. But do it in life group. Why? Because when you start doing life together with somebody and studying the Word of God, you're going to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. And we figured it out. If you get connected to life group, you will more than likely be a part of this worship gathering as well. That's why it's so important that we have that time together. Who should hunger and thirst after righteousness? Think about being in the desert in the hot sun. Boy, I'd like to have some hot sun right now, wouldn't y'all? I mean, all this rain we've had, thank you, Jesus, for the water, but okay, we get it. We got it. We got a lot of it. I know you, you're in complete control of that, but man, give us some more sunshine, right? Your mouth becomes so dry that water is all you think about. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. No one comes to Jesus and will be hungry or thirsty ever again. One day Jesus went to Samaria. He sat down by a well and the woman came up and he says, anyone who drinks the water I give will never be thirsty. This water will become spring water of flowing of eternal life. So when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we really hunger and thirst for Jesus. So our Transfer, and he, when we come to faith in Christ and our salvation, he transfers righteousness into our life. We don't even realize we get that bonus. We don't even realize that we get righteousness. All we think about, and we Baptist preachers are bad about this, is that, boy, you're saved. Hallelujah. Here's your envelopes uh, to tithe, and here's your Bible, and we're going to stick you in this Sunday school class. But we're not going to teach you how to hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'm, not, I'm, I'm very, very simplistic, and when I say that, that's not the desire of most of us. But sometimes we get so caught up in the salvation of person's soul, which is wonderful. It is, it is the main thing. But sometimes we forget that walking along with that person and helping them grow and helping them have the desire and the hunger and the thirst for righteousness. So when we are saved, he transfers righteousness into our at our salvation. And we should pursue righteousness daily through the studying of God's word and living out our faith. So that's the first part. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The second part of this verse. For they shall be satisfied. Think with me. When you look at that verse, they shall or they will be satisfied i think it really drives home one principle for us to take home today when we connect on 
when we concentrate on Jesus and seek to do his will, we are truly satisfied. And Jesus is all that we will ever need. When we really connect on that level and we say, Lord, I am, I am desiring righteousness in my life. I'm hungering and I'm thirsting for righteousness. You will be truly satisfied. If not, then the Bible is a lie. And the Bible is not a lie. So when we connect on that level, when we, when we need to understand what satisfied means, it means that I am completely filled. I don't need anything else transferred. Think with me. You'll have lunch here in a bit. It may be a salad. It may be a steak. It may be whatever you may have. It may be meatloaf, whatever it might be. Have you ever gotten to that point where you say, I am full. I, I'm just, that's no more. I can't put, I can't put any more food in me. I, then you always reach over and get that one more little bite, don't you? Just that extra little bite. Then somebody walks along with that bowl of banana pudding. My stars, why did you do that? I am full. We see, we want more. And that's what hungering and thirsting for righteousness is. You want more to be even greater satisfied. Completely filled. When it comes to hunger and thirst after righteousness, there's only Jesus that can do that because he's the only one that can provide that for us. But when it comes, when it do, what it does, it really means that to hunger and thirst for righteousness, it means that it means we should desire Jesus more than anything else. We should desire to be like Jesus more than anything else. We should desire less of being a Baptist, but more a believer. We should desire more about living like Christ in the world. You see, I think the reason why we are in such decline in the North American church is that we want to be like anything but Jesus. We want to be more like the world than we want to be like Jesus. It means that we should desire more than anything else the desire to be like Jesus. I'll close with this. One psalm for us to consider. Psalms 107 verse 9. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul. And the hunger soul. He has filled with what is good. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall or they will be satisfied. So what does that mean for us today? My question is to you. Many of you in this room have been following Jesus for longer than I've been alive. Why do I say that? Because some of you are older than I am. Some of you in here are just brand new Christ followers. Maybe some of you have not really committed to follow Christ. So I challenge you today, are you hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Are you hungering and thirsting for your own desires? If you want to be truly satisfied, that is saying, I want to surrender to the Lordship of Christ. I want him to have complete 
control and complete care of my life. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Are you satisfied? Are you hungering and thirsting for righteousness today? Or are you going like many of us from time and time again, just going through the church motion? I challenge us to surrender to his lordship today and let him fill you, fill you with the desires he has for your life. And you will experience the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, our instrumentalists are going to come and lead us into the throne of grace. While we're here today, would you just pray with me? If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, Lord, today is the day of salvation for you. Maybe you're here today and you say, Dan, I know Christ, but I, I just, I've just not really surrendered to his lordship. Today here, maybe viewing this by our live stream or maybe you're here on, or in the room today, you are realizing that you need to surrender to his lordship today. Would you do that? Will you simply transfer your life into his and let his life transfer into you and let him have complete control and care of your life? You will experience the righteousness that has been infused in your life. You will start realizing how much righteousness you have. Would you join me right now? Would you just say this simple prayer? Lord Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I let you have complete care and control of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross. And thank you for entering into my life. And I surrender to you 100% in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here in the room, in a moment we're going to stand. We have staff that will be standing here at the front. We have encouragers that will pray with you. If you're online, you can reach out to us right now and let us know of the decisions you've made today. We will contact you immediately. As, short, as soon as we're finished today, we will get back with you. If you're here today and you need to follow Jesus today, this is the time. If you're here today and you've never been a part of a church family, this is the place to join right here. Wonderful things are happening here. We'd love to have you be a part of what God is up to. Father, do you work in this place? We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. We stand and we sing. You come right now.